Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast, here with your host, Alec Jesse. Um, been a wild week of hoops, uh, especially last night that we will get into, um, but we are now, what are we, less than five weeks away from Selection Sunday, uh, conference play winding down, um, I think there's only, what, three, I make it three more weeks of conference play, uh, I think we're after this week. I think it's three more because yeah, most teams will have six. Because uh, I think most teams had eight coming in. So yeah, we are winding down, getting closer and closer to Judgment Day uh, Sunday. I believe it is March. March. Let's get this right. Um, March seventeenth, Saint Saint Patrick's Day. I believe that is uh, that is Judgment Day, uh, and we are. We're uh, headed there very fast, so uh, we'll get right into it. In this episode, I don't really want to talk about a whole bunch of teams because we've kind of hit on teams here and there. Uh, we'll definitely go through like some of the, you know, some of the results. Maryland winning, uh, beating Purdue, cutting that win or snapping that win streak. Michigan State getting back on track with two big wins after uh, their uh, three-game losing skid. Um, uh, Penn State upsetting Michigan. Talk a little bit about that, but I kind of want to center tonight around two teams uh, or two games per se from the Bluegrass last night um, because that I think were two of the better back-to-back games that we've had in a while in two games with big-time ramifications for every team involved, uh, winner and loser. Um, so, so that's where we're going to kind of start. And I'm going to start with Duke. Um, Kentucky, LSU will come up next, but I'm going to start with Duke. Um, they had – I don't think anyone's had quite a good past three days of any team in the sport as Duke has. Um, go to Virginia, uh, full both teams at full strength, and Duke just, I mean, kind of wallops them, hits 13 threes en route to – an 81-71 victory to go to Virginia and score seven, or score 81 points on them. Quite an, an impressive feat. Uh, but I don't even think that's as, as impressive as what happened last night. Um, and, and I think with, with with the Virginia game, there's not a ton of analysis other than, you know, like Virginia is a bunch of, you know, it's a really solid team. It's a really good team. But when it comes down to it, they ain't going to beat a team like Duke. Uh, they just don't have that talent that ability to to beat him. And I think Duke, you know, if they play a third time, Duke's probably going to win again in the ACC tournament, that would be. Uh, and then when Duke hits threes like that, I mean, forget about it. You know, I think that that's, that that's kind of been known since since the first game, right? They had uh, 12, they had 13 against Virginia, they had 12 against Kentucky, and they won that game by 34 and with ease. Uh, so uh, the analysis there is it's not a ton, right? I mean, Pretty much everyone was pitching in big shots, other than Cameron Reddish finally showed up. Uh, that that's good news for the Blue Devils because uh, they need to get him going. Um, hit five threes in that game. Barrett was hit. I mean, it, it was just a, it was just a barrage. And every time Virginia got it somewhat close, Duke would pull away and end up winning the game by ten. So that was kind of that game. Not not a ton. I mean, other than Duke when they're on from behind the arc, they're pretty much unbeatable. The, the Louisville game. Okay, I didn't really get to watch this, I, but I did. I saw a video. CBS Sports tweeted a video of kind of like the meltdown that was. Uh, so Duke had thirty. 
what do, how many points did they have? So they ended up with 71. Make sure. So I guess they had 36 points. Um with 9 minutes to go. It was 59. Yeah, it was 59 to 36. Um not much really to say other than nothing was going Duke's way, right? Couldn't make make a shot. Um th- I mean 36 points with 9 minutes left. I mean that that kind of tells you the story. Um, of what was going on, nothing was really. Going. I mean, even the the end game, the end of the game statistics. I mean, Duke shot thirty six percent. I can't even. Ima- I mean, I wasn't following it at the time. I can't imagine what it was with nine minutes to go. It was probably in the in the twenties, right? Um, and Louisville just kind of putting it on Duke uh, at home. Uh, Duke somewhat of a letdown performance after their big win uh, at Virginia. So. And you know they're getting Jordan Wars piling on. You get some buckets. You know Stephen Enoch coming in making plays. I mean it just looks like it's Louisville's night, right? I mean it and it and it, and it seemingly was like they were up by nine at halftime, then they extended all the way to twenty three, and then and then the comeback happened, right? And it was about to be Party City. It was about. I mean I had been calling out Louisville over and over again for not being able to beat the elite, the top shelf teams, right? And they had just blown a 10-point lead at Wake or at, at Florida State. That They had that game won, let them come all the way back, lost the game in overtime, right? Carolina came to town. Like, of their last four games, they only have one win, being against a very shorthanded Virginia Tech team. So I'm like, well, they still haven't done much. And, and I was like, and then against Florida State, I was like, well, okay, they're probably going to win that game. It's a pretty good win for them. Nope, didn't happen. They blew it. And now this game, this is like the eye opener, right? You look, you, you look at the Score Center app, kind of flipping through how huh? he's playing tonight. You see, oh my, Duke's down twenty three points at Louisville, kind of a shocker. And I mean, I, I feel I, I do feel bad for the fans somewhat here because, like, I mean, they have just had their hearts ripped out so much uh, just this season, just the last four games, just the last two games, right? It looked like they were going to beat Florida State. It looked like they were going to get three straight between Virginia Tech, Florida State, and Duke. Right? They should. They should have won all those games. They had. I mean, they they had them all won. Brutal stretch. I mean, just. I mean, Louisville throwing it to Duke. I mean, it just dribbling it into traffic. I mean, just couldn't make a right pass. Uh, Foul and one. I mean, just letting Duke get right to the rim, letting him. I mean, Cameron Reddish for for me dogging him was making some just big time shots. It seems like in crunch time when they needed to make make threes, he makes them. I mean, he did against Florida State, and then in this game, what he hit all thing. I think he hit all four of his threes during the comeback. Um, and Duke goes goes out and and uh, they they come back winning on a reviewable arc call. I I didn't know you could review whether or not uh, a person was uh the defender was inside or outside the arc for a block charge call. I didn't know you could you could call that. So I guess originally it was a charge and and, and um and then they reversed it. The officials did. And Cameron Reddish is the two game-winning field goals. The rule of 71 holding up in a big way in both games. Again, we'll get to that Kentucky game in just a minute. Or just a little bit. Uh, and Duke wins that game 71-69. Just, just an epic heartbreaker for Louisville. And I, I do feel for them. That That's brutal. Um, for any college basketball fan, you can kind of sympathize with like just the brutality of losing to 
losing. I mean, it's not that they were just up by point three, right? It's not like it was they were just uh, they were up. They got up real up early, and then Duke just like kind of figured out what was going on, and boom. Like we're talking last nine minutes of the game. The game is like winding down in a big way. In in thirty six points, Duke matched pretty much matched his point total from the first thirty one minutes to the final nine. I mean, th- that's absurd. That's absurd. I, like th- the closest thing I can think to who you know of that happening. I mean, yeah, I think UTSA and Conference USA came back from seventeen down with two, two, one, two minutes left in remaining. I forget who they were playing. Um, Kentucky against Florida, right? They, I mean, nothing going right. I mean, it was I think it was it was thirty one, it was forty two thirty one, and then Kentucky scores more points in the final thirteen minutes than they did the previous twenty seven. That kind of a deal. Um, I'm trying to think of others. I can't think of any major. This is, I mean, it's the biggest comeback of the season. Biggest comeback under Coach K. I mean, it was a 35 to 10 run, 35 to 10 run the last nine minutes of the game. Um, I just, I can't even imagine. That's just brutal. Um, but it all kind of comes down to to my point. Uh, kind of the the big the big point, the big thing, one big thing, right? Um, not trying to steal from Scott Van Pelt, but uh, it it sounded good. This just seems like Duke's year. I you know, I tweeted it out last night that I think Duke is going to win the tournament, and I really don't think it's all that close. Now, again, that doesn't mean that doesn't guarantee anything. I I think most people thought that about Kentucky in twenty fifteen. Right, and they should have been the heavy favorite. They hadn't lost a game at that point. They had six guys, six guys that um, were going to get drafted, and a seventh that you know that made an NBA roster that year. Um, I mean, you're talking about the greatest, the best collection of, of talent, of the best team, college basketball team. I mean, in recent memory. I mean, legitimately, and the best defensive team probably in college basketball history. Uh, definitely in kind of like the modern era. Um, so, and that team was kind of the slam dunk and they lost. So it doesn't mean that Duke is like guaranteed to win it all. I don't think that's the case. Um, by any means. I mean, they got to go out and win it. Winning, again, I- I've said this many a times. It is much harder to win the NCAA tournament than really any other uh, like sport playoff. The Super, like... Like yes, it is very like it's very difficult to win the championship in any sport. Okay, I, I yes, of course. But like the Super Bowl, I mean, you only I mean, New England had to win three games, right? And one of them was at home. Now they the game at Arrowhead. But normally the, their other Super Bowls, they've had to win like two of the three games they had to win were home games. Like in the tournament, you don't get that. I mean, Kentucky may get Kentucky potentially could get that, I guess, if they ended up in Louisville in the regional. But they still had they get. But you have to win two games just to get there, and then you got to win two games after that, you know. So, and then with the NBA and, and baseball, they get the series, um, where it's not like if Kentucky if if Kentucky in twenty fifteen got to play in a series, they would have won it. Right. Okay. They they lose the one game against Wisconsin that that came down to the final two minutes. Really, um, that that was like knotted. I think it was tied with like yeah four or three minutes left in the game, and then they lost. Uh, it just kind of the way the ball the ball bounced, like with the turn. Like I mean, 
like you can still you can lose one game, right? You don't have to. It's not all. It's the finals for the NBA. Like the Warriors can lose a game and they're still they'll still be okay. They still got more games left, right? It's best of seven. You get more opportunities. There's margin for error. For the tournament, there's no margin for error. Every game is win or go home. And then also, you get one day to prepare for the national championship game, right? You get the final four, you play that game, you get one day off, and then boom, you're playing again. I mean, it. I, the tournament is the – I could go on and on about this. I talk throughout the podcast about this. The tournament is by far the hardest, like, playoff structure, if you want to call it, to win of any sport, of any sport, any level. I don't even think that's close. I mean, in college football, you got to win two games. You got to win two games. You know, it's it's hard to get there, but you just have to win two games. You know, and with the way the tournament's structured, if you're not good, you're not going to make it. You're not going to win six straight games. So, um, it's, it's very difficult. And, I mean, you have to be just locked in. You have to play almost – you know, as close to perfect basketball as you can think. Like, Villanova last year, I mean, they played almost perfect basketball, and you saw that, I mean, they didn't really, there wasn't that many close games. I mean, they they, they dominated the tournament last year. Um, it takes efforts like that, and that's difficult to do, especially for young guys. But, all right, enough ranting. So, we get it. Duke isn't guaranteeing anything, but I just think they're going to win it. I really do, as of today. I really now you know get back to me. Maybe in two weeks they lose a home game against a team they shouldn't lose to, or they or they don't look as good or whatever. Fair enough. And Duke has problems. Like they're like they they have deficiencies. They're not perfect, right? They're now they're really good in pretty much everything, right? Like they're a really good defensive team. Wouldn't have guessed it, right? Last year's Duke team was horrible defensively for most of the year. They ended up being decent towards the end because, I mean, they zoned. I think they kind of found their identity in the 2-3 zone, and they ended up being a, a fairly decent zone team. But, goodness gracious, the first half of the year, I mean, they, they couldn't stop anybody. And this team, from right out of the gate, they've been a good defensive team pretty much the entire time. Not that they, not that they haven't had problems defensively at times. I mean – Louisville could have put up, could have ended up putting up, uh, you know, eighty on them last night if they hadn't, you know, totally uh, folded in the last uh, in the last night. I mean, they scored ten points last nine minutes. I mean, they, you know, they they were on probably close to an eighty point pace at that uh, uh, at that point in the game before the run started. So, you know, we'll. Um, but so you know, Duke has. I mean, listen, not a great free throw shooting team, not a great shooting team. They st- they still have problems shooting the ball. Like that, that's still somewhat of a problem. Uh, it, they have games like that. You know, they've had some games like against Kentucky and Virginia where they shoot the crap out of the ball and then they win by a billion, right? Or they or they beat really good teams. Uh, but they have games like last. I mean, they shot twenty percent. Or let's get the exact number here. I want to be precise. Uh, last night, seven for 25 percent. That's that's not good. That's below average. Um, that's not a good clip, uh, but they're the best team within the arc. They have the the they have the two best players. They will have the two best players of any team on the court at any time, and they have the three most talented because there are players that are better than Cam Reddish, but not a whole lot that are more talented than him. Uh, and and you you throw in Trey Jones, probably four, right? Probably, and and there's not many point guards that are as good as Trey Jones. There's not. I mean, both ways, right? He can make shots. He's good at getting in the lane. And he's a really good def- – I mean, his the worst part about it, he don't make free throws, right? Not a very good free throw shooter, much unlike his brother, uh, Tyus. But he's better at Tyus than pretty, than pretty much everything else. Uh, 
above average shooter. He's probably, you know, Alex O'Connell is probably their best true shooter. He's probably number two. Um, or him or Reddish. It's, you know, something like, yeah, those two are up there. Um, Reddish just haven't made, been making shots this year. Uh, so, you know, you, you put all that together, and yeah, they got some problems, but they got a lot of good uh, aspects of them too. And, you know, they don't foul a ton. I, I, like, it's just going to take a monumental effort to beat these guys because, I mean, you, they have been beaten. They have been down and out, and they have come back like every time. I mean, yes, Syracuse happened. They were down two guys, but that's still not a great excuse. I mean, because Syracuse isn't very good. They still probably should have won that game. Or I'm not going to excuse them for that necessarily. But they were down their point guard, and they were down Reddish, right? They, they, they didn't have any much uh, much shooting on the floor. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there's only been one team that's beat them at full strength this year. You know, and, and that was by a point. It was by a measly point. So, I, I don't know. It could end up, this could end up totally, I mean, I could end up on freezing cold takes. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'll own up to it if they don't, right? But it's just like last year they blew it. Last year, last year they totally blew it in my opinion. And, I, and not that them, not that they would have definitely beaten Villanova, but I think that that, that I don't think anyone else would have beaten them. Villanova, that is. I think that was the. I think Duke probably would have beaten Villanova. Would have been close, but I mean, I don't know. They like they blew it last year. I don't know if they blow it again. I don't know if they blow it again. I just you know, and, and I know people will say Lehigh, Mercer, blah 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 blah. And and yeah, fair. Those were in South Carolina. Those were losses. But this team is better than all of those teams. All of them. Those teams had much worse problems. Right? Duke didn't even have a legit point guard on their team uh, in, in 2017. So, I don't know. It, it, just, it just seems like the culminate. it just all looks, and, and they're getting, like, they're, you always have to have a little element of luck, right, into, into your runs. Even if you don't win the tournament, even if you get all, like, like Michigan last year, they got a little, they got lucky, right? They didn't have to face, they didn't have to face, a, you know, a top uh, five seed until the final game. That's lucky, right? And that's stuff that's out of their control. So you got to get a little bit of that. And at Duke, I mean, it just seems like like to come back from twenty three down. Yes, you have to be great. Yes, the opponent has to blow it, but you got to get a little lucky. Some of those shots they were making were, you know, they don't normally make. So, uh, but I, I just think it's Duke's year. I, I do, and I think you know, go down the list of the kind of the the other competitors up there, right? Kentucky can't score. We'll get into that. They can't score right now. I mean, you can't beat Duke if you can't score 75 points. It's not possible. Um, it's in, in, you know, in Kentucky, it'll be on a neutral court. They can't score right now. Tennessee just does not have the athletes. I think – I could be wrong here. Uh, I could Again, I could eat my words in, in March, April. But I think Duke would destroy Tennessee. I think they would destroy them. I really do. I mean, Tennessee just, and you know, no nothing against Tennessee. They're really good. They're really, really good. But the, the athleticism, like the lack of thereof, I mean, who's guarding Zion Williamson for Tennessee? I mean, like as it is, it's t- difficult to guard him. But they don't have anyone that's remotely, that is even capable, in my opinion, of doing such. Um, I just don't think, I think they would have a lot of problems with Duke. Um and then, and then you know Gonzaga, 
Gonzaga beat them at full health. I'll give them that. I think that's the best chance. I think Gonzaga's the best chance of beating Duke. But can they do it again? I mean, they were holding on for dear life in that game. I don't know if they could do it again. I don't know that Mark Few could beat uh, Mike Krzyzewski in a rematch, in a tournament rematch. I just don't think it could happen. Um, I mean, I guess it could, but I just don't think it will. It could. I just don't think it will. So, and then, you know, some of the other teams like Virginia, I mean, Duke's already beaten them twice. Why can't they beat them a third time or fourth time? Uh, Carolina, I mean, Carolina just lost to Virginia, and we'll see. We'll see with Duke and Carolina coming up uh, how how they uh, how they match up. We'll we'll just have to see with those matchups. But I don't see Carolina beating Duke uh, in the tournament. And then Michigan State, nope. I'm trying to think, Nevada, no. I don't know. There's just, I I don't see anyone beating Duke in the tournament. So that was kind of that's kind of like the main point. The, the central. You know, I just think that's what's going to transpire. We'll just have to see. Uh, nothing is guaranteed, obviously. But uh, Duke, right now, in my opinion, is the clear favorite. The clear favorite uh, to win it because they just have this, uh, their their talent is overwhelming, um, and they it just doesn't. I mean, it, last night's show doesn't matter. Does not the the point margin within the game doesn't matter. Um, you're you, you just won't be able to put them away. I mean, Gonzaga. Had them up six, had them down sixteen. They almost came back. I mean, you can go on and on. So, I mean, it will take. It could happen, but it's going to take an extraordinary, extraordinary effort to beat the uh, to to beat the Duke Blue Devils. All right, Kentucky LSU. Um, so I had been seeing Kentucky's praises, right? And they've gotten a lot better since November. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep an open mind. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna. Not gonna, t- you know, I'll give them props when they deserve it. Um, but and then you know, the, the thrashing two weeks ago, it looked like okay, we're starting to see this team really figure it out, and we're okay, and, and on both ends, right? Defense, offense, you know, offense. Man, they got five dudes that 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 can be go to guys. They got five dudes that can do, uh, that can really. I can really play, and I can really put the ball in the hoop. Defensively, man, they shut you down at all facets. Uh, rebounding, I mean, the, the, the rebounding margin has been well touted, and they've out-rebounded some of the better rebounding teams in the country, notably Carolina by 11. Um, it just it seemed like it was all coming together. Something changed after the Florida game, or, or during the Florida game, or ap- I guess after Vandy to the Florida game, because since that game – and, and again, it's kind of gotten looked over because of the win streak, and because of the defense, right? When you play, when you hold teams to to fifty, you know, fifty whatever points a game in conference play, you get a pass if you can't score because well, you're playing suffocating defense. It's like Virginia, right? They haven't had a. I mean, this year they've had a better offense, but in the years past they haven't had much offense. But we look over that because they hold everyone to forty points, you know. And then come tournament time, they get exposed. Well, starting to think maybe the same for Kentucky at this point. Uh, Florida. I'm just going to read off some numbers. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to read off. It doesn't really matter the win. Uh, Florida, 41% from the floor. 6 of 21 from three. That's 28%. Uh, 65 points. Now, they got really hot towards the end of the game. The first 27 minutes had 31 points. I mean, you... you yeah, 31 points. You tell me you think that's, that's going to get it done against uh, most teams. Uh, South Carolina, 
A game they won by about 30, right? So not a whole lot to complain about. 41% from the floor. All right, 5 of 16 from 3. And that's 31% from 3. But give them a pass, right? Because remember, they had 50 rebounds. They almost doubled up South Carolina rebounds, 50-27, and they win the game by 30. So, and, and they hold Chris Silva to four points. So we overlooked the bad offense in that game. Okay, all right. So that's, that's two two in a row. They haven't shot the ball well. They, and they, I mean, they scored 76 points on paper. That looks okay, right? Um, all right. So then we get to Mississippi State. Shot the ball fairly decent in this game, right? Uh, 47% from the floor. That's that's pretty good, right? Keeping it 47 and up, yeah, it's not, you can't really complain. And 38% from three, 7 of 18 from, from three. That, for Kentucky, that's a, that's a decent shooting mark, right? That's pretty good. Um, 13 assists, only nine turnovers. Uh, 71, but 71 points, still a little low. Um, and then 58% from the free throw line, 10 to 17. Almost cost them. Um, and then last night. Against LSU. If I can get there. Yes, I can. All right. Last night. 41% again. So that's three of the last four in which Kentucky's been at 41% from the floor, uh, which isn't good. That's that's below average, I'd say. Uh, I'd say the average is about 45. Especially for this team. They should be really good inside, too. So they should be able to shoot it better. Nine, or five of 19. So that's 26%, and that's, what is that, uh, three of the last four under se- under seven threes. So under seven three, uh, three ma- or under seven uh, made three-pointers, and only one game of over 35% from three, which I consider 35%. I, this is my, me personally. You can just, you know, you could have your own thing. I consider 35% to be kind of like, Average, right? That's like average. Um, and then 16 of 23 from the line. 69% from the line. So that's two games where they've been under 70. They had been shooting the ball pretty well. Uh, this game, they don't get to double up. They don't double up LSU uh, from uh, rebounding. It's fairly close. Give up nine offensive rebounds, I believe, in the second half. 12 second chance points. Um, they don't turn. They, they've quit turning the ball over, but in this game they also just had seventy-one points. Um, let's see. I believe Kentucky uh, is still eighteenth in Kempom on offense. I don't know how, um, but okay. The last these last four games, Kentucky has not been able to score at a good enough clip. And it cost them last night. And we could go on and on. Like, listen, the, the refs blew that call, uh, the the offensive goaltend. It, they blew it, right? It was a clear goaltend, offensive goaltend. Uh, it was clearly in the cylinder. I, I don't even blame them for making that call. They just got to make that reviewable. It's like in the NFL when, it, when a team scores or turns it over, you always call it, okay, a touchdown on the field, so then you can go and check it. And then if it's you know if it's not if it, if there's conclusive evidence to overturn it then you overturn it that's what this is right just make it that kind of a rule to where okay under a minute that rule we, we automatically go to the monitor we check it and then if it we confirm it or we overturn it it's not hard 
So they just need to that, – that's just a rule. I don't even blame – like, yeah, the ref should have made that call, but there needs to be a fallback option because human error is just going to – it's going to take its toll. So you got to have a fallback option. You already – I mean, they reviewed the hook and hold. They reviewed this block charge arc thing. You might as well review that as well. It seems reasonable to me. So, okay, all right, a little spiel there. So they missed that call. Pretty clear. However – um, shouldn't have been, shouldn't have got to that point for Kentucky. Uh, you're talking about a 40 to 32 halftime lead. You, you did for Kentucky and my fandom may come out a little bit here. I, I already ranted on the Kentucky sports podcast, uh, with Tory Bowling this afternoon. So, but I, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Kentucky already did the hard part in the first half, which is get the lead, establish a solid lead, which is an eight-point lead against the top 20 team at home. It's a, it's a solid lead, right? And, and held them to 35% shooting at the half. Uh, and, and they had five three-point makes. I mean, if you said, okay, Alec, LSU's going to make one three-point in the second half. You would have told me that at halftime. I'd be like, oh, Kentucky wins by double digits. That's not what happened. Uh, and then, so they did the hard part. In the first half, they got it up to nine, and it all just came crumbling down from there. I mean, that's that's exactly what happened. Um, couldn't box out. Couldn't. I mean, couldn't make open shots. Uh, Ashton Hagens was horrible. I mean, again, they didn't, they didn't. The turnovers they did have, they weren't like walks where it's a dead ball and the other team just gets. I mean, they were live ball turnovers that resulted in points the other way. Um. So even though they didn't turn over as much, the turns they did have killed them. It killed them. It absolutely did. Um, and credit to LSU, a team that we're not talking about enough as a contender. I mean, I, I talked to friends about this stuff, and a lot of them, and, and Tory has done it too, they've kind of poo-pooed the SEC teams outside of Kentucky and Tennessee, right? Um, LSU isn't very good. You know, Mississippi State ain't very good, blah, 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 blah. And, and Auburn ain't very good. And listen, Auburn and Mississippi State have kind of been disappointments thus far this year. But LSU is a top ten team. I mean, I, I'm a, when I put out my rankings the next week, should they win? Uh, let's see their next game. Uh, they play Georgia on the road. That'll be a win. Uh, they're I'm throwing them in the top ten for sure. Um, they're terrific. I mean, Tremont Waters didn't even play well last night. Like he had 15 points, eight from the well. He he didn't play well as far as shooting. Like he didn't shoot the ball well. I think he was like three for ten. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot. But Emmett Williams came off the bench, gave him great minutes, had two blocks, six rebounds, twelve. Points. I mean, that that was the game right there. Is Emmett Williams coming off the bench and and scoring in double figures, and then on the defensive end, getting two blocks. Um, Nas Reed was a problem. He did, I think he only had fourteen, which isn't a ton, but he hit a couple big threes. It was just kind of a nuisance. Uh, got got a big offensive rebound toward the end of the game. So I mean, LSU did some good things in the second half. Uh, don't get me wrong, and, and they played much better off. They played much better offensively instead of jack. I mean, they jacked a lot of threes in the first half. They they didn't really do that in the second half. They their offense was really just pound the paint. Uh, you know, line, line drives. I thought Javante Smart was really good. Had five assists, no turnovers off the bench. Or yeah, I think he did come off the bench. Uh, as the but he essentially is the backup ball handler to Tremont Waters, um, so LSU did some good things. Don't get me wrong; they're really good. I, I, I you know, 
I, I think they're going to go to the – if I'm picking a Final Four right now, I'm picking Duke, Gonzaga, Tennessee. I don't feel great about them, but it's Tennessee and then LSU. I think LSU's a Final Four team at this point because they – you know they're not a they're not a very good three point shooting team, but they got dudes that are capable of making shots, and they're so good on the front line. And they may be the most athletic team from the from player one to player, I guess whatever thirteen. They may be the most athletic team in the country. I mean they they have a ton of athleticism. They have more athleticism than like Duke has more top end athleticism and Zion and RJ obviously. But then after that it's. It, and I'll throw in Reddish too. But then after that, they don't have a whole lot of athletic players. LSU, it's like, I mean, their least athletic player they throw out there is Tremont Waters. And he's very good. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I I just, I, I don't know. I think that, I, I mean, but the point remains is that even with LSU doing some good things, and they did. And they played better in the second half than they did the first. So they played better. And they played, they, they brought more energy. But even with that, Kentucky had an eight-point lead. It's not like it was tied. It was an eight-point lead. Kentucky had to, in some way, blow that lead. And boy, oh boy, did they did. Um, I'll go through the problems. Um, the offense. I mean, I kind of I read off those numbers. This team can't make open shots. They, they cannot make open shots. Now, Hero and Keldon, they, they both hit... Uh, they both hit threes. Uh, Tyler hit two. Kelton uh, one of two. So they both, you know, you throw them together. They were three of six, right? Believe they were three of six. Let me get. Yeah, they were three of six. The rest of the team was, let's see, two of two, six, seven. Nine, two of twelve. Two of twelve. I mean, well, actually, that wouldn't add up. Oh, actually, hold on. Let me do it from here. Two. So the two of. No, my bad. Kel, three of seven for Tyler and Kel, Kelton. Uh, so yeah, two of twelve. The rest of the team was two of twelve, shooting threes. It cannot all. And you know, PJ missed. A couple he had been making them, whatever he was doing his work in the paint and doing it quite well. In the game now, and and PJ picked up his fourth foul in the you know, with like nine minutes to go, and he ended up not fouling out. But I mean that also hurt Kentucky. He can't be playing with that many with that much foul trouble that early in the second half. Like it, you know, fouled out against Mississippi State, um, but. Man, just I don't know. Like, they just they can't put the ball in the bucket. Like, like Baker now quickly gave him good defense, so he wasn't all for naught. But he is totally inept on offense, which is a problem. It's a problem. Um, He's not making shots. I mean, one of four from three. He's got to be able to make open threes. And then Jamal Baker, he's got to be able to make open shots. Played three minutes in this game. I mean, he can't, can't, he can't play if he's not. Yes, he, he can defend a little bit, but he can't play if he doesn't defend. Or, if, excuse me, if he doesn't make any shots. <laughs> Nick Richards only get, uh, played three minutes as well. I mean, they have to get him. I mean, just not enough shot-making for this team, for a team that should be able to make shots. 
LSU's not a very good defensive team. Kentucky should have been able to put up 80 on this team. Easy. At home. Easy. Uh, and, and they could not. I mean, in, and they were at 40, right? They were at 40 at halftime. They were right on that pace. And then they just totally, totally, um, they were terrible from, from really that point on. Um, so, the scoring. And then second half meltdowns. It's now two games in a row. Kentucky's had a massive meltdown in the second half. Mississippi State, 19-2 run that spanned probably the better part of five, six minutes. Um, started off with Reed. You know, Reed got a rebound, up 18, uh, turns the ball over, and then Quindary Weatherspoon hits a wide-open three. All of a sudden, Mississippi State's clicking. All of a sudden, okay, we got a little rhythm. We're playing a little bit. That's what happened. And they go on a 19-2 run. They get to within one. Kentucky's able to hold them off. But you know what? We gave them a pass because they won. And, and they made plays. They, they, they made enough plays down the stretch to win. Okay, fair enough. Um, but not in this game. I mean, up by nine. Then they get, From the 15-minute mark to around the 5-minute mark, they scored, I don't know, I want to say 9 to 10 points. I don't know the run number exactly, but it wasn't good. I mean, LSU, they went from down nine to up four. Um, and then they, they got up by five. I mean, so the second half meltdowns. I mean, if the game, if Kentucky's able to get this game to 15 to 16 points, game's over. They win. They're going to win. Um, so they don't, they, they haven't been stepping on team's throats. Same with Mississippi State. You get that game to 22 23, they don't come back. I mean, you know, the, like, not to say they won't make a little mini run. There's a difference, though, between a 7 to 0 run and a 19 to 2 run. Big difference. And Kentucky does not seem to know how to how to kind of limit damage control. Or, you know, against Mississippi State, they did it just enough. Because I think if Mississippi State had ended up taking the lead at any point in that second half, they probably would have ended up going on winning the game. But they did not. Um, so you got that little thing. On. And, then, and then for whatever reason, the rebounding in this game was just not – I mean, LSU's a very good rebounding team, especially in the offensive end, but not – First half, Kentucky shut them out pretty much on the on the oak glass, and then the second half is totally different story. Um, Kentucky's still a very good team. They still a very good defensively. They played really good first half defense. Second half, not so much. Uh, but overall, they played good defense. I thought for the entire through the entirety of the game. Um, but it was a tale of two halves again. A game that they had won and they totally blew it. And a game's gonna hurt them. Uh, I, I don't, you know, and outside of winning. Uh, out essentially, I don't see them getting a one seed. Um, I think Kentucky would need, or we'll, we'll see, we'll see Kentucky against when they play Tennessee on uh, Saturday. I mean, we'll we'll see, right? That's a big test because if Kentucky's able to win that game, win kind of a war, because I don't think the home road is going to be much of a factor for either of these two teams. I think Tennessee's going to be able to play well up, and Kentucky, you know, hypothetically. Um, if they are playing at their best, should that you know they should be able to play well at a TBA, but we'll have to see. I think Tennessee's going to win by double digits, and I don't th- again. I, I and I think Duke would smash Tennessee, but I think right now the way Kentucky, Kentucky can't score, and Tennessee is a very good offensive team. I think Kentucky will be able to neutralize somewhat Tennessee's offense, but Tennessee's but neutralizing that offense means there's probably still scoring between seventy and 70, seventy-five points. In Kentucky at this point, how can we even expect them to get to to seventy? I don't I don't think you can. So I, that's why I think 
Tennessee will win the game fairly handily because Kentucky just can't score. Can't make open shots. Is what it is. They, they have just completely been in a, unable to shoot the ball, and it shows. And it is starting to show. Uh, we gave them a pass for the previous three games, but then it actually bit them. The warning signs were there. The warning signs were there. Uh, and now you're starting to see it. Uh, and if Kentucky can't score, if they play, you know, they play offense continuing like this, I don't think they're going to make the Final Four. I think they can win three games, maybe four, or or not four. That'd be going to the Final Four. I think they can win two games or three potentially, but I don't think they can win four if they play offense like this. Not at all. Not at all. And that goes for Duke too. Last if they play like they did yesterday in an Elite Eight game, they lose. A Final Four game, they lose. National Championship, they lose. They could do, but you know what? Lowell's Sweet 16 team, more than likely. That's why it ended up working out. So right now, I mean, we'll know about Kentucky more after Saturday, I think. Uh, if they go out and they play really well against Tennessee, okay, then maybe we can have that conversation again. But I think, in my opinion, I, I, I can't defend home court against a team that, like, hypothetically you're better than. I, I don't know. Maybe they're not better than them. Maybe can we? Maybe we all thought Kentucky was better than they actually were. I don't know, but either way, um, I, right now I can't. I can't take them serious. If they can't score. That's kind of my thought on that. But uh, there is time, and it's not impossible. But yeah, no, it's it's clear. Uh, some LSU's got, or t- Kentucky's got some serious problems. I think at this point, um, until otherwise, you know. It, it is what it is. All right, we got about 20 minutes left in this podcast, so we'll talk about some other games. But those were the main two I wanted to talk about because those, um, because those are the, you know those were the big games last night, and I feel like that those were the two kind of big revelations that I kind of came to uh, going forward. Like I'm not taking Kentucky seriously. Uh, you know, I'll I'll give them a chance if they beat if they sweep Tennessee, obviously. Or I'll give it, or in, if they win on Saturday, but like, I don't. That that was just a really bad loss, and it was a bad look for Kentucky. They have two games now against Seton Hall and, and LSU. That if you find a way to win those things, like you're a one seed today. So I don't know. Uh, right now, Tennessee is winning fifty three to thirty nine over South Carolina. Um, so they're they're kind of doing what they do. They'll they'll win the game probably between twenty and fifteen points. I would guess. Yeah, if they if they really get going, that they, they could win by a bunch. Um, but Tennessee has not been tested in well over a month, really. Um, and when I say tested, like they've had close games against Alabama, Vandy, the games that went down to the wire. I mean tested as in they haven't played any ranked teams in two months. Gonzaga being the last one. Yeah, at Florida, tough environment, whatever. They're they're a fringe tourney team. Yeah, you beat Alabama at home again, a fringe tourney team. I mean, those are the two team, only two teams they've beaten that are currently in. No, Florida isn't in the field. Those are the only two teams they've beaten that are on the bubble right now. I mean, that, that that's it. Arkansas was getting to be that way after they beat LSU on the road, and then they lost to South Carolina, and they're now kind of like they're they're not they're on the outside of. Looking in on the bubble, I mean. So Tennessee hasn't been tested in a while. I don't know what to think of them yet because they haven't played anyone. Yeah, they've been winning. They've been winning. That's great. Um, it's always good to win. You always re- would rather win than lose. Uh, but 
I mean, 72 to 60 against Missouri and 73 to 61 against Florida. Very pedestrian results. Like, like, bleh. like whatever. Like, not much to analyze there. Just kind of like they're better than them. They played out. They played good enough to to win. And they won by what they won by. Um, so, you know, uh, we'll see on Saturday. First test in a while. First legitimate test in a while. We'll learn more. I mean, we're going to learn more about Kentucky and Tennessee. That's the great thing. We're going to learn a lot about those two teams. Because Tennessee hadn't played anyone in two months, and Kentucky coming off this loss kind of got exposed, I think, for some for some legit problems they have. Who's going to figure it out? And who's going to you know make plays to, to win the game? We'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out on Saturday. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would expect. Yeah, now they're up by 15. Uh, they're they're going to cruise the victory against a bad South Carolina team uh, at home. Uh, Marquette after losing to both or losing to St. John's at home forever. St. John's got the the number of the Golden Eagles. That's I don't know how that is the case, but it is the case. Uh, but then, uh, you know, beat Villanova and DePaul back to back. Nova came down. I think they won by like three. Uh, really good game. I got to watch the end of that one. Um, I mean, they're they're a better they're they're a better defensive team than I thought. Um, but I, they still got. I don't know. Outside of Marcus, they're a very very slim you know slim team. I mean, yes, they got the Hauser brothers who are very good. They got Sakar and M who was great. I mean, Sakar and M and Marcus Howard combined for like fifty six of like their sixty six points or something like that on Saturday. So. It's just when the offense is all centered around one team or one player, excuse me. I don't know. It. it I. I don't love that. But continuing, continuing to win in a bad Big East, they're. I think they're the best team. Nova, not too far behind. I think Nova will win the return game later in the month. Uh, but that that snapped their big win streak. Uh, Nova, Nova, you know for. I give Jay Wright credit. I mean, they were a mess in non-conference, and and now they look like a symbol to the basketball team. They ain't gonna win the championship. They ain't gonna go to the Final Four. I don't think they are. Um, I guess they could, but I don't think they will. Um, but it's clear, like they're good. I mean, they're they're a good team that is more than capable. I think of going to the Elite Eight potentially. Um, Phil Booth and Eric Pascal have stepped it up. But yeah, no, they're 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 a much. Uh, much improved team and it's you know Jay Wright a testament to his ability to coach they're currently playing Providence at home they're one of the worst teams of Big East they are winning by five uh, currently uh, like I said Michigan, Michigan State coming off a dreadful three game stretch where they lost three straight now have two wins just beat Minnesota uh, on Saturday kind of crushed them and then they went to Wisconsin I didn't think they were going to win this game and they come out of Madison with a win that's a tough place to play Cash Winston Getting back on track with 23 points. Uh, you know, the Spartans are just kind of hanging in there. They're not, you know, they they still pick up. I think they, they lead all the uh, college basketball. That's their 10th quadrant one win. I mean, that's uh, that's a lot. 10 quad one wins uh, for the Spartans. So they keep chugging along. I mean, they're shorthanded, right? They don't have a ton of NBA talent. But they got a great, they got a Hall of Famer coach. They're a scrappy bunch, and they're a really good basketball team. Um, and they're going to be a tough out in the tournament. Um, but 
ultimately, I, I don't think that they're a legit national title contender. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, they, they could make a run. And then, like I said, Purdue's run got snapped. Uh, uh, their winning streak got snapped at Maryland, uh, 70 to 56. Maryland's like a Jekyll and Hyde team. It seems like they have a lot of good wins. They've beaten a lot of good teams. But then they, you know, they lose to Illinois in the, in, in the Garden. And it's like, you know, you don't know what you're getting, but you get brute force in Bruno Fernando, Jalen Smith, the star freshman, um, and you get good guard play between Anthony Cowan and uh, Daryl Morsel. So uh, Mark Turgeon has a, a very solid team as well. Um, Kansas, uh, Kansas, uh, LeGerald Vick taking a leave of absence uh, from the team. Uh so I mean, you talk about kicking a dead or kicking a horse, kicking a dead horse, or kicking a, someone when they're down. I mean, they were already quite short-handed, and, and nothing. I mean, LeGerald Vick sounded like it was like family reasons, sounded like it was totally, uh, like warranted. It's not like he quit the team, but like, man, that's just brutal. Uh, but they have won uh, two straight since uh, since he has left, beating Oklahoma State at home and then winning at TCU. Pretty good win for the Jayhawks. Um, Again, right now, I don't think they're a legit top 15 team. Uh, I don't even think they would make it out of the first weekend, to be honest. But a good win for the Jayhawks. It's good to see Quentin Grimes uh, get going. Uh, this freshman, uh, Obachi, is very good. I mean, I think he, against Oklahoma State, he had like 25 points at 20 and 10 uh, against the Horned Frogs. Uh, Devin Dotson had 25 and 10 rebounds, five assists. He was terrific. I, Quinn Grimes actually did not get going. He only had five points. But the other two freshmen they had uh, were really good. So a good win uh, for the Jayhawks, who are extremely shorthanded. Um, and their Big 12 hopes stay alive. But Kansas State continuing to hold off the rest of the Big 12 with another big time win. This one at, at Texas, who has, you know, taken a lot of, you know, they, they've, they've beaten a lot of uh, teams at home this year. Kansas State's just a suffocating defensive team. All five starters scored in double figures. Since Dean Wade has come back, they've, they've lost, they haven't lost a game in the Big 12 since he came back. Ironically, their only game loss was against a bad Texas A&M team. Uh, but Kansas State looking the part uh, still not a great – still not – I don't know if they're good enough offensively, but, you know, in this game they shot over 50%, uh, hit eight threes, and, and beat the Longhorns on the road. It's a pretty big win for the Kansas State Wildcats. I'm trying to think of what else. Let's talk about Michigan real fast. So, John Beeline getting thrown out for like the first time in forever uh, as the – Wolverines lose to the Nittany Lions uh, on the road, the worst team in the Big Ten, picking up their second conference win. Kind of a shocking result um, out of the Big Ten, but yeah, I mean, for Michigan, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It just, it seems like all that momentum they had going for them early in the season has just totally evaporated, and it just doesn't look like, uh, it, you know. It, it doesn't look good for them. That's all. That's all I'll, I'll say. They, they're looking more like a three seed. Uh, th- this may drop them when the bracket comes out on Friday, but uh, 
you know, they just they aren't very good offensively. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they just don't have a ton of go-to guys. Uh, Brad's, uh, Brad Zegas got in foul trouble. He had six points, only played 17 minutes. Um, Charles Matthews gave, you know, gave you some good production with 24 points, but ultimately the, the Nittany Lions still win. Um, but Jordan Poole has just been in a big-time shooting slump in conference play, has not shot the ball well at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, Michigan's still a very solid team, but they seem to be on a, a trajectory opposite of last year, right, where they started off really poorly and then, boom, by this time they're rolling. They don't look to be doing so high right now. Dropped to 11-3 and three, uh, in conference. They kind of took themselves out of contention of a one seed with that loss uh, last year night and then Virginia you know like they just don't go away right lose to Duke looked pretty bad and then they you know two days later they got to go to Carolina pretty tough game a team you know Carolina team they hadn't lost in a while uh last loss coming against Louisville in mid-January and they go they go to Carolina and totally suffocate them hold them to 61 points they win the game 69 61. Kyle Guy making, I think, two big time threes. Uh, him and DeAndre Hunter both get 20 points. I mean, they're 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 going to get a one seed almost certainly. They're not going to lose many other games. Um, sadly for Louisville, they have to play Virginia twice. Um, maybe they won't get heartbroken in those games. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, Virginia continuing to play really good basketball, even if. They are not a legit title contender. Still a really good team, but I don't know. Uh, they, they've seen to have Carolina's number. I can't remember the last time they've lost to North Carolina. Um, it's been quite a bit. I'm trying to think. That might cover it. Uh, Tennessee up by 17 now, blah, blah. Yeah, let's talk about, you know, for or, well, here we go. Uh, Thursday, Thursday tomorrow, Valentine's Day. Houston goes to UConn. They continue to win. They they beat uh, Cincinnati at home on Sunday. Uh, they just keep winning games, you know. And they don't, you know, they they, they beat LSU. They they've beaten, uh, you know. Now they, you know, the winning against Cincinnati. They they have continued to to put together a really nice run. Um, so it'll be eager. I'll be eager to see if they can continue to to win these games. But one loss on the year. Uh, Houston ascending to potential three seed, maybe even two seed status if they win out. Uh, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to keep them off the two line because these other teams are dropping like flies. Um, yeah, the the big game obviously will be um, will be Kentucky and Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, we're going get, to get to learn about both teams, uh, Iowa State and Kansas State. If Kansas State beats Iowa State. Who lost a bad, had a bad loss against TCU on Saturday? Uh, Iowa State did. That that's gonna go. That's a big, big game in the Big Twelve race being played in Manhattan uh, on Saturday. And you get t- Baylor goes to Texas Tech. You know, so two massive. I mean, I think those are what the top four, top five teams in the conference. Those are two massive games uh, for the Big Twelve. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And. Let's see, Maryland and Michigan. Can Michigan get back on track against a ranked team at home? We shall see. Uh, Gonzaga goes to San San Diego. They beat St. Mary's by like 40. 
I mean, they, they just bludgeon teams. It is it is ridiculous how good Gonzaga is at getting the ball in the hoop. And Duke plays North Carolina State at home. Uh, that should be a romping. Although, Carolina, North Carolina State has had some success winning at Duke. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. But I'm sure the Dukies will come out on top. All right. So, uh, trying to think. Well, that'll probably do it all for the games. A uh, little recruiting tidbits. Anthony Edwards, the you know top two recruit in the 2019 class, reclassified up. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, committed to Tom Crean in Georgia on uh, Monday morning. Big recruiting win for the Bulldogs. Big recruiting win for Tom Crean. And uh, that's a bit, it's going to be big. Next year's going to be big for Georgia, right? Because they have a solid little foundation in place, even if it's not working out this year for them. Nick Claxton, Rayshon Hammonds. Um, they're, you know, I think uh, they're not going to get a ton of dudes leaving, right? I think just Turtle Jackson, their point guard, and, you know, Obey Day. But other than that, they're going to be able to keep most, pretty much everyone else on their team. So uh, he is. No, excuse me. Um, so Tom Cree may have something going on at, at Georgia, and that you know, kind of, I think other recruits in that area, because I mean they have, I mean Atlanta is a a fertile ground for uh, big time basketball recruits. So I think it's going to be kind of important to see how that works out. So even though Ashton Hagen's turned down the Bulldogs, um, Anthony Edwards did not, and he is going to be he's the highest rated recruit in Georgia history. So there you go. Make a little history there. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, Matt Hurt. I haven't talked about recruiting in a long time. Uh, Jaden McDaniels and Matt Hurt have not. Uh, their their commitments are way off in April. I don't know if I mentioned Isaiah Washington committed to uh, Washington. Or Isaiah Washington. Isaiah Stewart committed to Washington uh, uh, last month, giving Mike Hopkins his first big-time recruiting win. Um and they hope to steer Jade McDaniels, who is from Seattle, uh, that way as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I think that is about it. Thank you all for listening to the Posting a Pod. I know I kind of centralized on two teams, but I thought those were the two big games uh, this week. So let me know. Give me feedback on uh, – yeah, just uh, give me feedback on what you thought. And, uh, again, thank you all uh, for listening. Have uh, a good week. And each day, the countdown continues to Selection Sunday, and I am excited for it. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Until next time.